Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome to the Theater Podcast, intimate personal conversations with theater's biggest names. Today, I'm Tom Cruise. I'm not Tom Cruise. <laughs> uh, what was his character? Jax? Was he? Yeah, he was Jax in the Rock of Ages movie. Um, and we bring that up because this interview today is with Kirsten Scott, who is currently Sherry in Rock of Ages in the 10th anniversary revival that just hit New World stages. I feel so old. Oh my gosh, I saw the original on Broadway so many, well, not 10 years ago to be exact, mm. and loved it. I'm actually really glad that they've that they've revived it. And, uh, and in this production, of course, the cast is phenomenal. Kirsten, uh, we get into some really, really great stories here in this episode. Um, you were tell- telling me before we started recording that um, she turned down, you like the story about how she turned yeah. down hairspray. She was in about to start college and she booked hairspray on Broadway. Mm-hmm. And she ultimately ended up turning it down because she felt like she wasn't ready and she felt like she needed to go to school and, and do all that. And also felt really guilty about it the whole time and then ended up graduating and booking hairspray anyway. So. It all works out. Yeah, game game around again, and she went back into the show um, after she graduated. Uh, there was something that we talked about that that was nice. Where um, Big Fish, it was like up and then down, and kind of just a blip on the Broadway radar. Mm-hmm. And uh, getting into that, she had some really good in- insights about dealing with that kind of. Um, I won't say failure because it wasn't anything on. Her part, it was just the show just didn't work. It's just how the business runs yeah. sometimes. Yeah, so um, that was that was really interesting. And and to me, she was saying that she, she found her way into theater after she was a guard in The Wizard of Oz <laughs> as a kid. And it was all just downhill from there. But um, It's fine. I was a, fer- a fairy in Midsummer Night's Dream, and I was hooked. A fairy. <laughs> Everybody has to find their <laughs> find their hook somehow. Okay, so before we get into this episode, please visit us at ttp.fm and of course head over to the Broadway Podcast Network.com and you can see us and all the other podcasts that are part of the network. That's uh, that's pretty much launching, I guess, now as this episode is dropping. So yay BPN. Um, if you want to support us, visit ttp.fm slash Patreon. You get cool stuff. And get to meet us and do cool things if uh, if you support us at various levels, various tiers. Oh, forgot to say, too, we're now starting to get the transcriptions mm-hmm. for our episodes. We've got a couple in the works now because we've gotten a few supporters that have allowed us to uh, t- start transcribing the episodes. So we're going to start adding those to the, to the website and just be a little more accessible to the world. So um, thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody who has Cue, contributed. Cue the confetti. <laughs> Cue the confetti. All right, everybody, please enjoy this episode with Q. Kirsten Scott. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Here you go. One, two, three. 
My guest today made her Broadway debut in Hairspray in 2007 and has also appeared in Jersey Boys, Follies, and Big Fish. Coming off of the recent national tour of An American in Paris, she's now rocking our socks off at New World stages as Sherry in the 10th anniversary production of Rock of Ages. Kirsten Scott, welcome to the Theater Podcast. Thank you. I'm how so happy to be here. How many people say Kristen? Everyone. Or Kirsten. Oh, it's Kirsten. always Kirsten. Or like, Kirsten Scott. Actually, and, and it's... It is what it is. My parents gave me this name to be butchered for the rest of my life. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's fine. Did it come from somebody? Is it a family name? You know, it's so funny. I I recently did our ancestry and my mom, growing up, my mom has always told us that we're, you know, Swedish and French and my dad's side is Scottish and English. And I finally did my ancestry and I'm like, very little bit Swedish, um, but it's a Swedish name. And my my mom's ancestors were Swedes that came through Canada on like the fur trapping and gold trails. So it was like a harken back to my Swedish ancestry. On a scale of like not a theater nerd to the ultimate theater nerd, where am I when whenever anyone says Canada, I always think of Avenue Q. Oh, My no. girlfriend who lived in Canada. <laughs> no, you're perfection. This is, uh, is, is 10 the, the good scale? I would say I would give you like a 10. Yes. Yes, I win. Win everything. Oh my gosh, that song is the best. I love that. I love that soundtrack. Well, okay. So tell, tell, yes. take me back to, to baby Kirsten. Where, where'd you grow up? Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up in Pittsburgh in the Berg. There's a lot of theater people from Pittsburgh. Yeah, there are. Yeah. I'm sure you've met a lot of them. I'm like, I'm slowly learning just how many there are of us. Um, yeah, I grew up in Pittsburgh back in the day. And, wh- and so what did your parents do that like did your parents get you into theater? Did you get into theater? Well, How did it was it, work? it was kind of it was so funny. Um, I my mom was a dancer, and she and my dad met up in um, in Maine in this liberal arts college called um, Bates. And my mom was a modern dancer. She actually danced with John Carafa, who was um, a director, who is a director and choreographer, who yeah. did You're in Town, of course, and now does much more film and TV. Um, anyways, so she was a dancer. So when I was little and I was a rambunctious little kid with tons of energy, she put me in dance classes and like, I was okay. I was, I was a pretty good dancer. I was very flexible. Um, but then, um, growing up, my dad would take all these business trips to London cause he was in banking and, and, um, he would take trips all the time and he really got into Andrew Lloyd Webber and would bring over like soundtracks and was like, I just went to see the show called Phantom of the Opera and I brought you <laughs> home a CD and, I, and you know, back in the day you got like, you know, compact discs and I put it in his car and we'd like sing along and listen to it. And so. We're definitely different ages of back in the day for you was CD. Was he? <laughs> no. Well, okay. Well, uh, well okay. And <laughs> a compact disc. No, I had tapes though growing up. It's Cassette. just once, once my musical theater, um, nerdiness kicked in and my dad was doing his big business trips. It was definitely compact disc and it yes. was definitely fan of the opera, Angela Weber. Like he had all the compilation albums. And so Angela Weber got me into, like, I didn't really know that I wanted to do this. I was like, I was like, these songs are fun. And I like to sing. And my parents were like, you're annoying. Stop singing. But I loved, I loved doing it. I would sing off my lungs. And then a friend of mine growing up, uh, was like, I'm going to do this theater camp. And I was like, theater camp, what's that? And she's like, you should come with me. And I was 13. And my parents were like, you're, you're going to be gone every day for four weeks. Yeah, go do that. <laughs> Please leave our house. You have so much energy. Um, so I did it and we did The Wizard of Oz and I was hooked. I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is what I'm Were doing. Were you Dorothy? Oh gosh, no. I was no. the Emerald City Guard. Ooh. Um, I played a man. I wore a mustache um, and I shoved all of my hair into a big hat and then the following year, I was cast as Peter Pan, and I shoved all my hair into a hat. And I was like, 
why am I only cast this point? <laughs> I was like, I had a little bit of like a, okay, interesting, interesting choices. Um, but it was, so yeah, that was my, that was my start. And then ever since then, I just, it was so much fun. I never really considered it a career choice until, you know, high school when they're like, what are you going to do for the rest of your life? I was like, theater? Because <laughs> I don't do anything else. Did you have any other options? Were you I mean, like, if you didn't do this? If I didn't do this? You know, I really wanted to be an oceanographer and a marine biologist. <laughs> I was, like, obsessed with the ocean. Like, I wanted to, like, be, like, a dolphin whisperer and, like, <laughs> swim with, like, the whales. Um, but I think uh, a theater definitely trumped that. Yeah. 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 Do you, do you, so it was Wizard of Oz that that it was, Wizard of Oz. that was your turning point? That was it. And the older kids did Cats. And I was like, What? singing Cats. Well, I would listen to the soundtrack, so, like, because I was, like, well-versed in Andrew Lloyd Webber. Um, <laughs> but I saw it on stage, and these were, like, the older kids I looked up to, and I was like, they are dancing, and these leotards, and I'm living for this. Uh, yeah. Yep. So do you still, did you get a lot of dance training? Like, you, your mom yeah. put you in a dance. She put me in a dance, and I kept, I kept up with my dancing, but I definitely, I definitely, once I realized I wanted to, like, go to college for this, I realized I was like, oh, I, 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 I was much... I feel like I was a much better singer than I was a dancer or an actor. So then when I went to college, I was like, I need to get better at my acting and then also kind of keep up my dance training. Um, but I did for a hot second go to Abby Lee Dance Studio, also known as Dance Moms. Right. Yes, which is outside of Pittsburgh. Yeah, I was going to say. She actually helped to book me my first Broadway show. No kidding. Yes. Full on. I was, wait, I was a senior in high school um, and I started going to a dance studio to, to like up my dance game to like for college auditions. And she was like, we're going to an open call for the Hairspray National Tour. And I was like, I should go. My mom was like, sure. Um, cut to by going to an open call, she meant she had to teach all of her classes. We were going to meet in a parking lot in Monroeville off the side of a highway at 11 o'clock at night, drive through the night, spend two hours at like a comfort inn in New Jersey, and then drive into the city to wait in line for five hours. Because you had to get there early. Because we had to get there early. This was like non-ec open call. Yeah. And then, um, so we get there. My parents drop me off in the parking lot, as you do. Um, and <laughs> Abby Lou looks at me and is like, you have a driver's license, right? And I was like, yeah, like 16-year-old Kirsten. Like, she's like, okay, you should drive. So cut to, I'm driving a black Escalade <laughs> at 16, going from Pittsburgh to New York City, terrified because it, the, the highway was under construction. And it was like 11 o'clock at night. It was pitch black. And I'd never driven like longer than an hour before in my life. And it was it was an experience. Were we got the, in at you, like 5 a.m. You were the only one driving? Yes. So she just went to sleep. I shouldn't probably tell this story. I mean, she, but, uh, you know, she had to, like, she had to find um, um, a material for her to um, choreograph solos for, like, dance competitions for the next following year. So she was, like, listening to, like, CDs and, like, was doing work. And I was just, like, like, white knuckling, just like, we're good. And then there was kids in the back. There were, like, um, yeah, yeah. there were, like, six kids in the back. <laughs> so you didn't sleep. Get, so get I didn't there at 5 a.m. We got up there at 5 a.m. We checked into, like, some Best Western somewhere. I slept for two hours, and then I got in line. And I happened to wow. get into a room that had, I think it was Craig Burns, and then Craig Burns brought in Bernie Telsey. And then from that audition, I, ex I ended up booking Hairspray. Wow. Isn't that crazy? So, like, you know, for as crazy as it was for a 16-year-old to be driving a black Escalade full of children, and <laughs> Abby Lee Miller, I did it. And she, you know, she helped get my foot in the door. Wait, so you booked Hairspray at 16? I booked it um, when I was a 
when I was actually 18 and I turned it down because, <laughs> because I'm really smart. Look. I know she's giving me like the, you're dumb. Ooh. So at that point I was like in callbacks. Look, I didn't, I didn't book the national tour. They're like, you're not right for the tour, but we have a slot that's opening up in the Broadway company. And I was like, cool. And I didn't have an agent. So like I was on the phone with like Craig Burns back and forth. And I was like, yeah, I'll be there. And I started my freshman year at Carnegie Mellon at that point. So um, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm in college. And he was like, yeah, but if you book this, like, you have to do this. And I was like, I'm not going to book this. This was this is great experience. I should just keep going. And I ended up booking it. And it was like, what do you do? <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I it was the hardest decision, I think, of my quote-unquote adult life. Because I was 18. And yeah. I was like, you can't pass up this opportunity. And also, everyone's going to hate you. And then I was like, but I'm loving school. And I feel like I need this training, like, what do you do? And it turns out I turned it down, which I lost so much sleep over. And I literally thought, I was like, I'm never going to get another job in my life. Like, I'm, I should just quit school. Um, and then when I graduated from Carnegie Mellon four years later, that same slot opened up. No kidding. And I literally went into the Broadway company, I think, two months after I graduated. It was like wow. the universe was like, you made the right decision. And I was like, thank you, universe. Because I spent three years going, you were stupid. <laughs> Because you, you just don't know. Right. Also, people can be really angry, like, about, you know, just being like, you turned that down? Are you, come on. If, I, I feel like a lot of other performers are like me. Yeah. In that I'm, I feel like I'm always out to prove myself. And okay. if, and if I am, if I turn something down like that, then I've just screwed up the one chance I had. And I'm just not going to be good enough again. Yeah. I, 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 it's, it's so funny because I was so young and yet I was like, this is the right decision. Like, I don't know. Carnegie Mellon had like lured me into its fold and I was like, I'm in. <laughs> I was like, I must be a better actor before I can be unleashed into New York City. I, I don't know. It was the right decision for me, but yeah. you know, to each their own. Well, yeah. I, I, but I, I definitely lost a lot of sleep over it. Oh, I would too. I was like, <laughs> oh, this is like the, your goal, the goal that you have. Yeah. Yeah. And then you just you just throw okay. And then you're like you're like I'm just going to close that door and uh yeah I I don't know I just I had a lot of faith that I was like this is if okay this is this is going to come my way again Was it Bernie who was casting it again? Yeah. 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 So it was Craig it was Craig Burns specifically who I was on back oh. and forth on the phone with and I will never forget the phone call where I was like I'm not going to take it. <laughs> just like peeing my pants. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah. Silly, silly little girl. So then you come, so you do come into Hairspray. Graduate, yeah, yeah. graduate from, from college. Yes. And uh, come into Hairspray at 2007. Mm-hmm. And how long, and then how long were you in Hairspray? I was in Hairspray uh, for about a full year. So, okay. Yeah. So, oh, wait. So, so I was looking, I'm looking at your resume here. Oh. So then. In, <laughs> <laughs> what else does it say? No. no. <laughs> it says, very red lipstick. <laughs> I got this free at Sephora, and I was trying it. I was uh, in my dressing room on my before on my way. No, before coming here, not on my way here. I was sitting in my dressing room, and I was like, I got this free sample at Sephora. I was like, I'm going to try it out, and it's a podcast, so no one will be able to see it if it's a terrible mistake. But it's very, it's very dark. It looks good. It's a very dark purple red. Anyways. Yeah, it is very pred, very pred. Uh, okay, so Big yes. Fish then is 2013. Yeah. So from 08 to 13. Yes. Oh, so I left, um, I left Hairspray. Um, oh my gosh, it was 
It was the craziest week. I booked a show called Minsky's that was going to LA for a, a tryout and then it was going to come into Broadway. It was this amazing show about um, uh, the burlesque club. Um, it was based on a movie called The, uh, the Night They Raided Minsky's. And it was being directed by Casey Nicolau and also choreographed by Casey Nicolau. Um, Bob Martin wrote the book. Um, Susan Birkenhead wrote the lyrics. Charles Strauss wrote the music. Starring It was starring Beth Level, Christopher Fitzgerald, George Wendt, Lenny Wopey, uh, Kevin Cahoon. Oh my gosh. Um, Rachel Dratch. Um, oh my gosh, um, um, John Cariani. It was this incredible cast. And I was cast in this workshop and then we were going to LA and then coming to Broadway. So I um, put in my notice at Hairspray. And then that same week, they gave us our closing notice. And George Wett, who was playing um, Edna at the time, was also going to do Minsky's. And, um, and a guy named Blake Hammond was also in the show and he was going to do Minsky's and they were all going to stay and do double duty. And I was the dumb person who put my notice in that week. Oof. And I couldn't take it back because they already hired someone that quickly. And I was so sad because I, I would have loved to have closed the show because I could have technically. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but no, alas. Instead, my husband and I, we went to Hawaii for a week and then I started rehearsals for Minsky's and then I did Minsky's and then it didn't come in because the economy crashed. Yeah. <clears throat> so then I did a lot of regional theater until Follies happened. And then Big Fish happened. When did you get married? You got married. I, I got married. I was, I was a bunch of weed baby. Um, yeah. I got married actually in 2009. We planned our wedding, wedding around um, Minsky's coming in. <laughs> <laughs> my so husband get- proposed when we were out in L.A. doing the show. And um, <clears throat> excuse me. My gosh. A demon's coming out of my throat. Um, and we were like, oh, it's, it's coming to Broadway in like August. So like let's get married in July. And then we'll start rehearsals in August. And then – yeah, we got so this sad. You married young. Yes. Yeah, we met in college. So 24, 25? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Math. <laughs> <laughs> Quick math. Yeah. Um, it's interesting to me when <laughs> this is semi-cynical. Yeah. But uh it's interesting to me when people get young, married young, and it works. You know, it's true. It's not it's not very common anymore. No. Um, I feel like my husband and I were uh, um we're both very like old souls. And we we when we met in college, it was like an instant like, huh, okay, there's something, okay, there's something here. And we stayed together because he was older than I was and he, he graduated and I stayed, I was still in school and he was doing mm-hmm. Broadway shows and I was still in school and we stayed together and we did long distance and we were like, it's still working, it's still working. And then we finally moved in together and we we're like, it's still working. Yeah, it just it worked for us. But That's, everyone, again, everyone has their own path. But yeah, yeah, we've we just celebrated 10 years. No kidding. Yeah, totally. That is wow. Well, yeah. congratulations. Thanks, thanks. And he's he's in the business too. Yes, yeah. His name is Matthew Scott. He's also an actor. Yeah, he did right. like Jersey Boys and Catered Affair and Sondheim on Sondheim and he did an American in Paris on Broadway. Yeah. Did you do you did Jersey Boys with it then? I didn't. No, isn't that funny? I wish we did it together. It would have been so much fun. No, I did Jersey Boys actually after Big Fish closed. After my heart was broken when Big Fish closed, I went to Jersey Boys for about a year. Hmm. And then he went and he had already. And he he did he, um, he did the he was actually a swing in the original company. He was brought on as like an additional swing after they had opened. Oh, very cool. Broadway. Yeah. So yeah. he did it with all the original guys. It was very, very exciting. So B- Big Fish had just a three-month run. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. what happened with that? Gosh, who knows? You know, it's it's and you know, it's been so long, I feel like now I can have maybe an opinion about it and not get in trouble. Um <laughs> Because when it when it closed and I was so close to everyone in that production, you know, on all the elements, the cast, the the de- designers, the the creative team, we we kind of feel like we went through trenches together with that show because it started as a workshop and we were all 
so, so, so close. And we believed in the story so much. And it was such this open, vulnerable, beating heart that we all thought was kind of like unstoppable. Like the show is perfect. It's beautiful. It's, it means so much to us. It's definitely going to work out. And um, I feel like as the show got bigger and bigger, <laughs> Big Fish got bigger and bigger, <laughs> I don't know if we just lost like kind of the thread of like the true storyline. Like I think it almost would have been better if it just stayed simple and small and kind of, uh, I don't know if it was Andrew Lippa or, um, our, our book writer, John August, that I was talking to at one point that they kind of had an idea that it was like us, like, um, everyone in the show was kind of like a cast of characters in Edward Bloom's mind. So if like, kind of like the movie, like if the, the witch is also Jenny Hill and Jenny Hill is also the witch and like Sandra's all Sandra's the one woman in his life. That's not doesn't play another character in his story. So, like, we're all kind of this cast of characters that as a story develops, we all become, you know, we're all now circus folk and we're all this. And almost like a very, like, kind of like Peter, Peter and the Starcatcher-esque, yeah. if mm-hmm. you will. And in a weird way, I feel like it would have worked better if it kind of was small. Like, there were a lot of production elements that made it such a big production. There were a lot of um, projections and everything. Like, you know, as we were doing it, I was like, this is perfect. This is all, this is all going to work out. But kind of now reflecting back on it, I think the story is so solid and I think the score is so, so fantastic that I think it kind of could work as just a tiny little chamber piece in a black box with, you know, like a cast of characters throwing on like a hat and like, now I'm this and now I'm that instead of it kind of being this big, epic Broadway thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. But I'm I'm not a wizard. I can't tell why it didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, nor an economist. Yeah, yeah, nor an economist. Exactly. Do you do you find yourself kind of uh, gravitated towards more character-driven roles like that, or yes? Yeah. Oh my gosh! And Big Fish for me was the first time I got to originate every anything. Yeah. I mean, I just come off of um, doing Follies, where I got to work with Stephen Sondheim, which I was like, uh, okay, I am you know twenty something, and I am in a room with Stephen Sondheim. Like, you know, I'm like pinching myself. It's, I I was, I felt so lucky. But at the same time, that was a story that had already been written and already had been breathed life into by another actress. So no matter what, there were decisions that were already made, whether script-wise or music-wise, that I wasn't the one to, to lend my voice to it for the first time. Mm-hmm. Whereas Big Fish, it was so cool to kind of get to be there and, and, and they're like, okay, what makes Kirsten tick? Okay, well, she, let's add this because she can do this and she can do that. And it was so special to get to put my handprint on something for the first time. Uh, so um, so because of that, I, I feel like I'm, I am driven to like, it, well, specifically with Big Fish, I got to play Jenny Hill, who got to be 16 to like, we, we, we put her at like early 60s. So to get to play that range of age, uh, got, to, got to do that every night was just amazing for me. And I feel like I am a young girl with like a character, an old character actress like living inside of me. So when <laughs> I finally do get to graduate to those like character actor roles, I feel like I'm just going to like bite into them so hard. But I am, I am very much drawn to more of those like, I would love to kind of sink my teeth into like gypsy and stuff like that, mm. like, like now, but I, but I have to, you know, I have to graduate to those roles someday. Right. I met Mama Rose in Gypsy. Yes. No, yes. Cl- clearly. Of course. <laughs> of, of course. course. Well, of course. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm much more drawn to those. Like, I want to get gritty and like, I feel like my perfect role has yet to be written, but I want to do like almost like a very broad, like vaudevillian, like character actress, maybe from like the silent film era. Like, I mean, like, I'm always drawn to shows like, like, like a Mac and Mabel or like, a, um, uh, oh my gosh, what was I just thinking of? Uh, 
or like, like a funny girl, like, like a, like a funny, broad woman who's just going out there and grabbing life by the balls. Yeah. (laughs) You're so confused right now. You're like, what are you talking about? No, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think of the Perry's role. Yeah, right? It's, it's not out there. No. No. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. I think Mama, Mama Rose would be good. So he'd rather be Mama Rose than a Cinderella. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I can't wait to like, yeah, I can't wait to age and get to like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Throw out a fat suit and like. Probably the only actor I've talked to who like, yeah, I just can't wait to get old. I can't wait. <laughs> I just mean like there's so many great, uh, there's there's a lot of great roles uh, that I'm excited to kind of age into at some point. Right. Because well, I feel like a woman in her 30s in musical theater, you're you're in this like weird stage of like, you're not quite leading lady material yet. I feel like you have to be like late 30s, early 40s. And you're not quite like, you know, you're not in the hairsprays anymore. Mm-hmm. Like as like a nicest kids in town. So you're like, I'm in this weird age range. <laughs> <laughs> so like, cause like right now I'm like, I'm playing Sherry in Rock of Ages and um, I'm like a 20 something. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're still kind of, I don't know, in this weird amoeba land of, not quite old enough, but still, but not quite young anymore. Well, this is this is one of the few industries where y- you have to be discriminated against because of your body type and because of your looks, right? And yeah, stay with me here. Okay, I was like, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump on this ride. Keep going. Okay, um, you're like what? <laughs> now that's when um, my face goes. Yeah. Okay. Because I. you're in your 30s now. Another person in their 30s could or maybe could or could not, depending on their body type, play play Sherry in Rock of Ages or play younger. Like you've got... You've you've got the ability with skill and acting ability to play older. But you've got a very youthful look <laughs> that allows you to play younger. God bless you. Uh, <laughs> yes, that can, I stick my face in a pickle jar every night. And I, um, yeah. I say, your skin, yeah. your skin re- regime is, oh, regime is amazing. Thank yeah. you. I moisturize. Um, yeah. 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 It's, it's, but it's cool. I mean, like two years ago I played a mother in ragtime, which everyone was like, you're really young to play that. And I was like, I know, but they were, they were casting it young and it was what they needed. And I was like, and actually, at the time period, I was like, Mother and Ragtime probably was 22 yeah. and had a kid who was like Edgar's maybe like six to eight-ish. I was like, she definitely probably got married at 16, got knocked up right away, had a kid. I was like, she, yeah, I absolutely could be playing this role. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, just get off topic for a second. Yeah, when, you, totally. when you look at the history of monogamy uh, uh, and relationships and whatnot, like people got married Men in their 30s and 40s married women in that were teenagers, and then a lot of them died during childbirth. So they just got married again. Yeah. And it, it's like it was, mm, yeah, yeah. It was so if you're being historically accurate, yeah, then yes, in your yes. early 20s, yeah, you probably had. And a father kid. was like yeah. mid 40s. That's about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. I know, crazy. Um, um, History. Going going into Jersey Boys, yeah, like big big uh, big fish originating role Jersey Boys. You came in ten years into the production, mm-hmm. so that was script locked. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was um. I was like, could I cross on a nope? Okay. Cool. 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 Um. Yeah. You know what? I there. I have very few regrets in my life and my career, but I think today is one of them. Today is the biggest one. <laughs> no. 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 But I think 
I went into Jersey Boys after the heartbreak that was Big Fish for me mm-hmm. and th- the family of that show. And I workshopped that show. We did it in Chicago. So, like, that was, like, two years of my life with that show, I feel like. And then going into Jersey Boys, which was, like, a well-oiled machine. And it's—don't get me wrong. I love that show. It, my husband did it. I, I saw it, like, 20 times when he was in it because, like, he would go on for every role. And I was like, I'm there. Um, and so when I got the show, <laughs> I was like, this I, is— I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt. I yeah. hope one day you get a cartoon. You're like, well, this is my voice. <laughs> <laughs> this is my voice. I know, right? Um, yeah. Agents, can I please get a cartoon? Um, <laughs> anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Literally, I was yeah. such a dork for that show when he was in that show. Um, anyways, so— um, uh, when I went into Jersey Boys, I I had just, you know, gotten to kind of articulate everything I wanted out of this character um, from Big Fish. And I I got to kind of work with, you know, you, you worked from the ground up. Yeah. So I went to that show going like, I'm going to have a process. And like, I'm so serious. And, like, <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 no. You, you stand on six and then you cross on this line. I was like, what if... I crossed, and they're like, no, 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 you say your line. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. Um, and it had been so long since I'd replaced in a show. So I also, like, you have to, like, kind of re-click into that mental capacity of, like, mm-hmm. you're replacing. And, you know, you depending on the stage management and depending on the director of the show, you know, you have you have some liberties because everyone's going to put on that dress a little bit differently. Everyone's going to put the wig on a little differently. Everyone's going to just breathe care, breathe mm-hmm. life into that role differently. Um, but I might, oh, back to my regret. I wish I had a, a, a more open mind going into that show because I think I was— so still like mourning the loss of Big Fish. And I wanted like, I wanted it to be everything Big Fish was for me. So like I wanted a f- instant family. I wanted, uh, I wanted to to be like, this is how I'm going to do this role. And they're like, yeah, but you kind of got to do it because we have lights set and everything already. Um, so I, I wish that I I kind of had a different mindset, but I, I definitely, I went into it with a little bit of a closed mind. And then a, a couple months into it, I, I was like, this is what it is. And I finally just was like, Opened, opened my mind up to like, you know, learn your lines, do your track, and mm-hmm. then I had the best time. But it was definitely like a really hard going into that show. Did do you do you get down on yourself like after Big Fish? Is that a personal loss? No, or what? like because there's so many people like kind of struggle to get over that. Yeah. You know, I don't know what it was. Maybe because it was the first time again I was like doing something from the ground up and I was like, we wrote this show together. We were yeah. all in that boat rowing it together and and it sank. Um, <laughs> we tried so hard. When there was one hole, we patched it up, and then we just blew it up. Um, I don't know why that one was so. You know, I had also just lost my grandfather two years prior. Sorry, this could get really dark. Um, um, and when I was doing Follies, I lost my grandfather, who um, on my dad's side, who was kind of like the beacon of hope for our family. And he was just this remarkable man. And when he passed, and he was also like a storyteller, like mm-hmm. he he had crazy stories and he traveled and he did a lot with his life. And so to me, I looked at Edward Bloom and Big Fish as like my grandfather and the stories he would tell. And um, so I think I had, I had a lot of things wrapped up in that show, but I kind of felt like I was telling my, my, my life story, like my grandfather's story. And there's so many elements of that show that were so near and dear to my heart. So I think just knowing that you, when, when a show closes, you're like, oh, but I, I don't get to see my family every day. They're like taken from me. And now I have to like find time to gather everyone together and we'll never all be in the same room at at the same time ever, ever again. And you know, people go out and do their own things. Like, um, oh my gosh, Alex Brightman was my waltzing partner. And, you know, now he's like a Tony <laughs> nominee and like, like just doing amazing things on Broadway. So you like, it's, it's just, it's so, it's so crazy. But when a show closes, like you'll never have that. It's like catching lightning in a bottle. You'll never have that again. And yeah. so I just, I really mourned it. 
Yeah. But it wasn't like I was thinking like, Kirsten, this is all your fault. Like you were the reason Big Fish closed. But it's just like a sadness of, of yeah, that, that family is not going to ever yeah. come together again. Yeah. I, I, yeah. The, even when it's a planned closing, I still have a hard time like yeah. getting over the, the, it's like, yeah, it's like you're walking away from a party in a, in a, in a sense, even though it's not, it's not a party party, but I mean like a sense of belonging, a sense of like you're leaving a tribe and you got to go form another one. Yeah. You have to kind of go out in the world. Yeah. Uh, you like pack up all your stuff in your dresser, you put it on your back and you're like, okay, I'll do someone else. Yeah, do, 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 do. Yeah. Like a hobo, like on the street, just like, hope someone gives me a home soon. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really heartbreaking. Yeah. So that's why, I mean, we, we're so lucky to do what we do. And so like when we do have those shows that are special and mean a lot and you you like you hold on to that right yeah right so tell me about sherry though rock of ages this is sherry. the 10th anniversary yes of rock of ages that makes me feel old yeah because i saw it on broadway uh, the original really yeah i didn't see the original but i definitely saw it on broadway before it closed um and it was it's so funny i if you would have asked me a year ago Kirsten, would you be starring in Rock of Ages off Broadway as Sherry? I'd be like, <laughs> You're, no, there's no way in hell anyone would cast me in that. No. And here I am. And I am having the time of my life. It's it's so much fun. It is exhausting because Sherry is a bundle of energy and she has so much hope and optimism and so much joy and Sometimes, you know, walking around the city, it, you you get down and you get a little like, you know, a little beat up because it's New York and you get on that subway and you get kicked and it smells and, and, you, <laughs> and you have to be like, okay, okay, girl living her best life, girl, girl um, wanting dreams, girl moving from Kansas to LA for the first time. Okay, hope, hope and joy. And you have to kind of like <laughs> wash that off and be like, reset, reset. Um, but it's it's just, it's so much fun. And I'm, I love playing her because I feel like... Um, it's making me kind of go back to like Kirsten circa 2007, graduating college and moving to the city and being like, my life has endless possibilities. <laughs> I'm going to get cast in Hairspray again, even though I told them to go screw off the first time. <laughs> and life is good. And I really, I'm like, I'm a hopeless optimist. And I always am like, things are going to work out until they don't. And then I'm so sad because I'm like, wait, in what world was this not going to work out? I'm, I'm so confused. So it's, it's really lovely to kind of get to play her every night because I, I really feel like I'm going back to like, you know, young Kirsten and hope hopes and dreams and endless possibilities. Yeah, it seems like it seems like it's a super fun cast. I mean it it's, really it's, is. Oh my gosh, the cast is so talented. So talented. Oh my gosh. Um I, I play opposite us CJ Eldred mm -hmm. um and uh PJ Griffith. Um oh my gosh this I mean this cast oh Mitch Jarvis who did it originally. Mm -hmm. Um it's so funny. He looks the same. The, we, they did like a thing um the Wall Street Journal did an article on him and they spliced like the picture of him from this production and and the tenure back production and I'm like you look the same it's so funny um yeah it's a it's an incredible cast and it's a fun cast and we all love each other which doesn't always happen doesn't always happen with cast you know there's yeah. always that one person that you're like okay you're kind of a pain in the ass um but everyone's lovely in this cast they're all super talented and yeah we're just having a great time and we just got extended yes yes so Instead we're now gonna be there January 12th. January January 2020 yeah. and like the show just Opened pretty recently. Yeah, we just opened about a month ago, a little over a month ago. Yeah. yeah, and already got extended. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. People love this show. I had no idea. I had no idea. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, not to think, 
I'm not saying it's like lowbrow musical theater, but I'm like, I've done Sondheim and I just did Gershwin on the road and I was like, Rock of Ages, huh? I was like, people really like this show? Because I saw it and I had such a good time, but like I didn't really remember. And then I was like, oh, it's a brilliantly crafted musical theater piece. It's got everything that you need. It's got great songs. It's got a, a great book. It's it like it has a love story. It has all the things that you need to make up a great musical. It's got funny jokes. It's got great choreography. It's so yeah. I'm like rock of ages. Yeah, years ago I was talking to some of the some of the Broadway cast, and uh, they were saying that um, people would often come drunk mm. to the show. Often, yeah. Try- Every night. Really? <laughs> That's why matinees are so rough because we're like, you guys are too sober. <laughs> <laughs> I like wish that like the matinee crowd would get like free mimosas or something. I'm like, help help a brother out. Like give, give us something because they're very quiet. Although last matinee we had last weekend, they were like raging. So something, there was something in the water last matinee. But most of the matinees are very quiet because, you know, it's two o'clock. People haven't kicked back quite yet. Right. But yeah, people come lit for this show and it's... It's amazing. It actually, some, some nights it's a challenge. Like last night, oh my gosh, there's there's a guy in the audience like saying the lines right before we said them. So <laughs> I was having this weird like existential crisis of like, did I say the line? Was that me saying the line? Wait, no, stay in the show. Wait, I said, the, no, did he say the, like I couldn't, there was one scene that I literally was like, did I say this line already? Was he, like I couldn't figure it out. Um, but so most of the time it's really fun when the when the audience is rambunctious, but there are those few times that you're like, this is, this is crazy. <laughs> they sure didn't like yell out like that at Follies. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Nobody's yelling at Bernadette. <laughs> no. No. Do you know, are you privy to the conversation about why they decided to revive it? You know, I am actually not, privy to the exact reason. I know why I think it has a voice in 2019. I, I think that, honestly, not to go d- dive too deep into m- my politics, but um, things are things are rough right now. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of things that are, are confusing and hard and sad about the world we live in right now. And I think people just really need an escape. Not that that's the best answer for things, but if you are just needing two and a half hours to go, hey, remember when, when we thought the 80s was, things were going right in the 80s? Let's go back to that time. Um, and it's just, it's just like, it's pure escapism and it's fun and it's silly and it's a good first date. And it's, it's just, it's a lot of fun. So I, I kind of think that they felt like there was a, there was a spot for it in New York right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, what theater? Uh, New World Stages. New World Stages, yeah. but what was in there? Did it, was Puffs? Is that was there? No, where it was? Puffs is still there. Um, or Puffs is closing. Is it? Oh, is it? Yeah. I haven't seen. I haven't seen it, and I love Harry Potter, so actually, I need to go see that. Um, Harry, uh, Harry Potter. Nope, Kirsten. Um, Avenue Q. <laughs> Avenue Q was in the theater. Avenue Q was in the theater nope. before. Harry us. Potter's not going anywhere. Harry Potter's not going anywhere. That theater no. is like it was. Yeah, it's staying there. Oh my gosh. That theater's like outfitted for mm-hmm. Harry Potter to be there for a very long time. Oh, again, off topic. Yeah, tell uh, me. The the uh, someone was telling me that they like have redundancies upon redundancies upon redundancies for their magic, their illusions. So if the primary illusions. illusion doesn't work, then they've got like three fallbacks. So there's always something to do in in, in to progress the script. To Are you the script. serious? Yeah, like, like technical difficulties. They have yeah. like. Plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Wow. Yeah, I think they have like plan D for And I love that you everything. called it an illusion because do you watch Arrested Development? Because I yeah. swear you're just like, Michael, illusions. <laughs> illusions. <laughs> illusions, Michael. Tricks are yes. things are hoarded the money. Chan- I know. I literally joke. The money is in the banana stand. <laughs> There's always money in the banana stand. I love that. That cast 
Oh my gosh, I love it so much. Yes. Uh huh. Where were we? Where were we? <laughs> um, from from illusions, Michael. To uh, <laughs> oh, oh, what? Oh, New World stages. Rock of Ages. Rock of Ages. Rock of Ages. It. it speaks now. Yeah, uh, it's totally. It's yeah. I think people just just they just need an escape. I, I it's pure. It's it's pure and simple. <laughs> Do people come to the stage door? Because New World stage stage door is like on around yeah, the block. Yeah, it's confusing. They they find it. They get a map yeah. and they Google Maps it, and they they somehow can cross that that courtyard to us, and they find it. Yeah, and we got some hardcore fans. Really? Yes. I've never really been in a show. I mean, Hairspray was my first experience in a Broadway show, and I I think like stage door at that point because the show had been running for so long was not like a thing that it is now, mm-hmm. and also there wasn't social media, so like people couldn't like follow people and feel like they really know about people's, you know, intricate details of their lives. So I feel like it just wasn't a thing that it is now. And um, so I I really didn't have a, a, I haven't had like a crazy fan experience with any show that I've been in until Rock of Ages. Because these fans are like diehard and they see the show like hundreds of times. And fans are, I, I think that same Wall Street Journal, that article that Mitch uh, was came out about Mitch, um, one of the super fans was like quoted in it because he's seen the show so much and he like knows everything that goes on in the Rock of Ages family. So it's, it's a, it's a thing. And they, people, cause, cause Rock of Ages is like international now. It's, yeah. it's, on, it's on cruise ships and they're doing an LA production now. So people, yeah. It's good people music. Flock. It's such it's, good music. It's good music. Good. Like you said, good story. Yeah. It just, it's just a feel good. Time. It's got a heart. Like it's yeah. got such a heart. It's, it's about, you know, dreams like sharing dreams just come out and they're, come out to LA they're, they're they're hoping to grab their dreams and and it turns out that their dreams are not exactly what they picture them to be which is so often the case welcome to real life hey, welcome welcome to real life yeah it, it's so true I mean I definitely thought I was like hmm, by this time in my life I definitely thought I'd have a very fancy apartment on Central Park West <laughs> I would be a Broadway star and I'd be making buttloads of money and then I was like oh Kirsten but you're an actor yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so, you know, you just never know how your how your life's going to go. And well, tomorrow you get a call and you're like, I want you to star in this cartoon and do your funny voice. Yes. And right? I'm like, yes, I will. Thank you. <laughs> no, I mean, believe, believe me, I'm not complaining. My life has worked out beautifully. And it's it's just so funny. You just, just the the, the twists and turns of, of real life. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. funny. That's it. Yeah, that's fun. I, I always, I always wonder what like the stage door experiences are are like, and it's different per show. And yeah, and, gosh, like, I, yeah, I, yeah. I talk with people from different shows, and it's a different type of person that's drawn to every different type of show. Yeah, and absolutely. You, you, you got like your, you know, your standard, like your, your standard kids who want to go to everything, but yes. then you like your super fans. Why is it? I mean, I, I'm just. Asking rhetorically, yeah, like, yeah. like, why does a show speak to a particular person? I think the people who, um, we seem to, I, I'm, I'm like, I don't want to, you know, pigeonhole our fans because there's, there's a broad range of them. But I think a lot of people whose high school um, awakenings happened to the soundtrack that we are singing in Rock of Ages. <laughs> Let me just put it that way. They seem to be really drawn to the show. To, to get married to music in the show, to come. We had someone propose on stage to the show that was of that time mm-hmm. here, you know, that kind of grew up with this music. So I right. feel like it speaks to a certain, uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah, a certain age range that that really loves it and have, has continued to, to come. That's, that's, that's our most frequent stage door, I think, visits are by those kind of super fans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
that make any sense? Yes, totally. <laughs> well, I'm I'm got my own word like picturing what they physically look like, like just the the leather jackets and the the law. Like I feel, yeah, I feel like the motorcycle gangs. Yeah, you know, show up to Rock of Ages. Yeah, if totally. If you're gonna like a musical, that's and, the thing. Yeah. Yes, it's like those. It's like those 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 people. Yeah, that like rode in on a Harley, and you're like. You're gonna go see a Broadway show? No, you're not. And you're like, oh, you're gonna see Rock of Ages? Yeah, that makes sense. And they <laughs> have the best time. I mean, I mean, you know, they could see any show in the city and they could have the, the greatest time. But mm. like, Rock of Ages speaks their language, and it's poop jokes and awesome '80s music. And they're like, I'm in. Is this the the most vocally challenging role you've had? You know what? In New York City, yeah. It's yeah? so funny. I um, I just had a friend come to the show last night, and I won't say his name. Um, but I was on Stephen tour. Stephen Sondheim. His name was um. Sounds like screaming Scrum's crime. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he came last night. And no, um, oh gosh, wouldn't that be amazing? Yes, that would be phenomenal. Wait, I should write it. Because he answers letters when you write him. He will answer back, yeah. Hey, please come see me. Yeah, hey, dear Steven. I um, will comp you. I will comp you. I'll buy you a $30 ticket. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Okay, I digress. But no, I had a, like a legitimate friend who... Um, <laughs> came last night and he was on tour with me last year with American Paris and he was like Kirsten you know I love you but like when they like the casting announce- announcement came out for Rock of Ages he was like I was confused I was like oh okay I love her but like can she do this and he's like oh my gosh you can do this and I was like yeah I know like this is this is kind of what I used to do in like college and high school but then I moved to the city and, and did a couple shows and then did like some more classical leading lady roles. And then people were like, oh, you're this, you know, because they, they're always trying to put mm-hmm. you in a box because it's so much easier. Right. Um, but yeah, this is like, this is kind of used to be like my bread and butter. Like I would, I love to just sing, belt my face off. So in the city, this is kind of the most vocally challenging role I've ever gotten to do in New York, which is really exciting because people are kind of like, who, what? I didn't know you had this side to you. And I'm like, I do. It's It's been a little secret, but yeah, I got it. So it's it's been really exciting to kind of get to show this side of myself. For the first time in a yeah. in a New York setting. That's that's so much fun. I, yeah. I, I like worry, reinventing myself almost. God, I worry about vocal injuries and and health. And oh. Like Casey Levy just started the Twitter thread like last week or whatever. Yeah. You, yes. you read all that? Yeah. I didn't read all of it, but I know I know of it. I'm I'm one of those people who I'm not on Twitter. I'm like I will Instagram all day every day, but like I never got on the Twitter. Yeah, I know it's I okay. Mean, it's okay. Shrug. Shrug, but tell me, because I didn't go, I didn't do the deep dive. What? So did? No, it was it was just like it, it was like like George Salazar and Alex Alex Brightman and yeah. Casey started the whole thing of like just so you know, we all have injuries and we should start talking about it. And there's a horrible freaking stigma around it. There is. And and I was interviewing Leslie Kritzer and she she brought up her oh. her her vocal and like she had she's hemorrhaged twice. Oh my god, twice. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, I love her. And I believe it was twice. Okay. Um, and uh, I believe it was her that said, yeah. And people just, they worry that like their career, your career is over, but they, it's so common. It's so common. Um, I, I have two friends very close to me that had, have very severe vocal injuries. One person got surgery and the other one I think might have to get surgery soon. Um, it's, it's really scary because- yeah you don't want people to know because you think as soon as people know, like, especially like producers, they're like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to stake a show on, on that person if they have an injury because they could be calling out left and right. And, and if, if they're about the title, then we have to give people tickets. It's a, it's a whole thing. But to sing these kind of, I mean, they didn't used to write scores like they do now. I mean, there, there were, there were no women that were belting in the rafters the way that we are now. 
a day is like, but you know, back in the day, like speaking mm-hmm. of like gypsy, right? You know, like Mama Rose. Those, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's. It, I mean, th- those that belt does not go very high, and that's like pure chest voice. So like women now on Broadway are mixed belting up to notes that they never used to write t- to be mixed belted that high. So we're finding ways to to still stay healthy and to to sing up in the stratosphere, and it's it's really tricky to to maintain eight shows a week, and it's yeah, it should be a conversation because it people shouldn't be scared to to be open about it because it's it's a real thing and vocal health is very important and i i i'm a huge proponent of that of, of getting vocal therapy and mm-hmm. getting voice lessons and trying to you know make sure that you're singing healthily eight shows a week but it's a struggle cuz sometimes you're just like ah, i just got to squeak that note out and then that's the night that you know something happens oof i know yeah wow yeah, yeah. I, I i i really agree that i think it's sort of like Mental health in the country in general, and then you want to get micro examples. Yeah, again. Oh, like, of course, it's just of like, course. Like it's it's the the vocal, you know, vocal vocal health, vocal um, uh, the the analogy that I that Leslie and I were using was yeah. that like this is the the Olympics of theater. Broadway yes. is the top of the top. Yes, and even Olympic athletes hurt themselves, and yeah. then they have to train. And no, it's like oh, he sprained his whatever. Like that's totally cool, but then a singer. Who hemorrhages? They're just damaged goods forever. Yeah, like that should not be the case. It shouldn't be the case. And there, and I don't know if it's if it's a, if it's an education issue. If if we need to be, you know, when shows are starting from the ground up, if if you know, composers need to work with vocal health technicians that are that are saying, okay, this, you know, because for, for for example, like uh, like Frankie Valli and Jersey Boys, like has a, a two week a two show Frankie. Like you don't mm-hmm. have to sing that because they know that how challenging it is. And so I don't know if like people just need to be on the ground floor of like, hey, this is a really vocally challenging role. You need to either consider having a, a matinee replacement for this role or you need to like, yeah, alternate yeah. or you need to maybe have, uh, get higher. I know, I know that a lot of people hire vocal coaches for, you know, if, if, mm-hmm. if you're singing a really hard part, they just, yeah, it needs to be more in the conversation, I think from like the get-go yeah. as opposed to like, now I can't sing, now what? Yeah, the first time that really came to my attention was was looking into Evan Hansen. Dear Evan yeah. Hansen, because there is no Evan Hansen that does eight shows a week. Oh, wait. wait did, yeah. did, was there ever? I don't... What? I feel like... Did, ben, feel Platt, like did he, ben Platt do eight shows a week? I don't... You know what? You might be right. I don't I, think so. I but, should know this. But now... I know Taylor, Taylor Trench didn't. Yeah. Um, Andrew Barth Feldman does he not. Because like Michael Lee Brown's been there, I think. Since yeah, I think since the beginning he's yeah. been the alternate. Okay, cool. I you know what I, I saw it on I saw it actually opening night because my friend Crystal and Lloyd was in it. <laughs> um, so I yeah I wouldn't have known. Okay, wow. But yeah, yeah. I, it's just you know I, I'm always confused that there's not a, an alphabet alternate or like you know you know like a role like mm-hmm, that. You're like mm-hmm. you're singing your face off. That's hmm, that's a, yeah. But or even like does does wait does Casey Lee do do eight shows a week? Yes. Yeah. So okay. Yeah, I think she was the one because she started the whole Twitter thing. Yes. So it's a it's a real it's a real thing. That's hard. It's a real consideration. That's hard. Yeah. It's 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 not easy, and you you basically, I mean, I love I love wine and and bourbon and whiskey, and I have not been <laughs> drinking with this show because <laughs> I would much rather feel like I can get through my eight shows, and we do five show weekends, which is hard. Um, I I feel like I'd much rather get through my eight shows and not feel like. I'm, you know, sandpaper on my vocal cords, mm-hmm. then relax with my glass of wine at night. So <laughs> it's a real struggle. Struggle's real. Um, but it's, but it, that's kind of what I've been doing. And and also I, I don't really do a lot outside the show. It's, it's just, you kind of have to really, really maintain. And it's, it is like the Olympics. You have mm-hmm. to like, 
you have to be, stay healthy. You have to eat well. You have to exercise. You have to like get drink enough water. It's really crazy. It's a, yeah. yeah it's, yeah, your body, your body responds a lot to your mental health, yeah, too. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's like, cause I'm, I, I, it's been the same with me. I'll just like go, 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 and then when my, I just give myself that one little day or a weekend to be like, <sighs> and then it all, then my body just like, yeah, you know. And then you get sick. And then you get sick. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I've, yeah. I've been pushing pretty hard since we opened, um, and. Like all of my days off, I've had something like whether it's been like my sister had a baby, so I flew to Pittsburgh. Oh, congratulations! Um, oh, thanks. Um, my um, my husband's family was in town, so like I I drove to New Jersey for like to the beach in New Jersey for, on a day off. So like I haven't had a true day off really since we opened, and I, my my body's slowly just like maybe you should have that day off, but I am afraid that I'm gonna like get sick. Like I'm finally gonna stop, and everything's just gonna. You'd be alright. I know. Just I like binge, binge something on Netflix the entire day. Oh my gosh, so. we've been watching. We've been going back to the West Wing. Really? Yes, watching it from like season one. Uh, it kind of makes me sad because I'm like, oh, that's what a okay, yeah. I have a hard time watching four by three formatted TV on my sixteen by nine TV. Oh. I'm I'm well, kind of I'm kind you. of a snob like that. <laughs> That does very snobby. They pillar box this show. I'm not Arr. sure that the story is going to be good. <laughs> I will say it looks like a, a soap opera on my TV because it's it's shot. It's it's so old. That that show is now so old. I know that the lighting and everything. You're like, I feel like I'm watching like a like a early '90s soap opera. I know. Yeah, it totally does. Yeah. Like I care about AV quality, so I'm like, oh, and I'm see, like, I and I care about the characters. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I don't care what it looks like. I just care about those characters and those people. They're my friends. Yeah, yeah. different oh, perspectives. That's funny. Different ways to look at things. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, yeah. let's wrap up here. Yeah. Oh wait, real quick. Oh, yeah. Before we do. Oh yeah. Before we do. Yeah, TV and film. Oh, yeah. I wanted to cover that real quick. Yeah, so you've done a little bit of TV. You I have. Were, um, ele- on ele- elementary. Yes. All my children. So you have. Oh, my your, gosh. I have done a soap opera. Your own soap. Before it left the city. Yeah. Yeah. Quantico back in 2015. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Are, do you still, like, try out for audition for the TV and film yeah. world? Or? I actually today went in for uh, a new show. Um, I was going in to play um, a mom in a trailer park. So that was fun. <laughs> Yeah. O- older mom or, or younger mom? Um, a mom that like 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 historical accurate mom who got <laughs> pregnant when she was like sixteen. <laughs> we'll, we'll, just, we'll start calling teenage moms historically accurate. accurate. Oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah. No, yeah. my 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 daughter's just historically accurate <laughs> having a child sixteen. Um, no, just like uh, like had a kid way too young yeah. and is just and has used all the drugs and all the, made all the bad decisions. So. Yeah, it was kind of fun. Do you go? Are you put in for in TV and film yeah, and stuff? Tell are, me. Do you, do you get sort of put in for a different type than you do on stage? You know, yeah. Because I played the ingenue on stage, and I get the bad guy in TV and film. Really? Yeah. Okay, so uh, my TV and film career was is, has been interesting because the first thing I did, I well, actually, I was I was in a movie. I was in the Sex and the City. Two movie and I got cut out, so I can't technically claim that I was in it because I got cut out of it. Um, but that I was just like I was like a singer at the wedding. Um, but the first thing I like did was Quantico, and I was a reporter, and I was like Fox News classy yeah. reporter, blonde yeah. reporter. And then when I, I just shot this episode of Elementary, I was like a former porn star. And today I went in for like trailer trash mom, so I'm like, okay, am I slowly getting trashier and trashier and sluttier and sluttier <laughs> for my film roles? Um, I don't, you know what? I don't know. I go in for such a variety of things because I feel like people still just can't kind of pin me down. 
like I was saying before, like, like playing Sherry, people are like you. And I'm like, yeah, me. (laughs) I just, I don't know. I, I run the gamut, I guess. Right. Well, the the American the, the American Paris tour you did that yeah. in 2017. Like and I that, was like, that's, classy. That's legit. Dame. That's yeah. legit. Legit singing. Yeah. Yeah. And in, and even in like Follies, um, Young Phyllis is uh, it's that's very like legit like mixy kind of stuff, and mm-hmm. that's yeah, yeah. Wow. So you know, very talented. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just have multiple pers- personalities or something. Well, whatever works. Whatever, <laughs> whatever works, whatever right? Works, yeah. Whatever keeps me working. That's right. All right. So now we'll wrap up. Okay. Yeah. So the three standard questions okay. that I will ask everybody. Tell me. The first one, what motivates you? Joy. I, I feel like uh, those moments that you just kind of, yeah, you, you can kind of just be wrapped up in, in, in the amazement of, of, of joy. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> what advice would you give to your younger self and younger people listening now starting out down a similar path? You have really good instincts and your heart is usually right. So don't let your head try to lead you down a, a different path. Also beautiful. <laughs> now, if you could only see one show for the rest of your life, but you can see it as many times as you want, what would you see? Oh, this one's so hard. Oh my gosh, because like I'm like specific productions or or like one musical. Oh my gosh. People have said both. Okay. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. I sh- I got to think hard about this one. Um You know what? I feel like ragtime. I've it's one of those shows that there's so many different elements and it's always, I'm always finding new things that excite me or, or challenge me in that show. And I just think the whole thing is so beautiful. And there's not a day that I listen to that music and not feel something emotional. Like it's just, it, it gets me every time. Sweet. Yeah. Also beautiful. <laughs> now on social, we can find you at, KB Scotty yeah. on Instagram. And then, of course, rockofagesmusical.com to get tickets to see you at New World Stages. You can get more of me at thetheaterpodcast.com. Show your support at theaterpodcast.com slash Patreon. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at theater underscore podcast. And leave a rating, leave a review. Wherever you're listening now, it helps. This is produced by Jillian Hockman, edited by Matthew Hendershot, and then Jukebox the Ghost provided the intro and outro music. Thank you, guys. And, of course, the biggest Thanks goes to Kirsten here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. This has been so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> and your view is breathtaking. <gasps> I know. It's so nice. We don't, no. have, we don't have windows in our theater. So <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, outside. Oh yeah. New World Stages is like, under, We're like underground. underground. We're like in the subway tracks. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank yep. you again. Thanks so much. Take a deep breath. Make the world a little colorful. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now 
and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.